Good morning, Living Water Fellowship. We're so glad that we're back together again. Again, this is a, a unique uh, format, but uh, not for long. We've just got one more week, and next Sunday we're going to be gathering in the house of the Lord, and it's going to be exciting. Can't wait to be with you all. Can't wait to worship the Lord together in a corporate setting. And so let's uh, be praying, be looking forward to that time as we're moving forward, moving up toward worship. And uh, with that being said, I want to take you again this morning to the Psalms or the Songs of Ascent. And we're going to look at Psalm 121, which is also a Song of Ascent. This is a, a song or a chant or a prayer that the travelers in Israel would pray as they were preparing to march toward Jerusalem for a time of feast and spiritual celebration. And so I want us, as we're preparing for a feast next Sunday and being together, uh, a spiritual feast of fellowship and, and worship together, I want us to prepare our hearts. And this is the way I want us to approach that this morning. Psalm 121, so familiar. It's amazing to me the number of people that at least are familiar with these verses. And I will tell you, I have had numerous um, people with dementia, with Alzheimer's, people who struggle to call their own children's names. But I begin to quote this psalm, and they almost without air can pick up and at least finish the first verse of this psalm, and they recognize it. And that's so meaningful because it's the Word of God that lodges deep within our heart, that lingers with us and carries us relationally into eternity. And so we look at Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now as we read and launch into this psalm, there is some unique punctuation at the, begin at the end of the first line. I will lift up my eyes to the hills, and then there's an, a, a, an extended dash there. And that pause that is suggested by the punctuation renders this verse and this passage to help us focus not on our hills, but on our help. And I want, I want you to focus today. All of us have hills in our lives. We all have things that seem insurmountable at times. And some would say that the hills spoken of in this passage were those hills that surrounded Jerusalem and that the people on their journey to the feast would have to navigate to enter the city. 
Others say that they, uh, these were just the hills that the psalmist had to encounter in his life daily on his, around his home and around that area. Because this is a traveler's psalm, because this is a song of ascent, and because they were moving up toward Jerusalem, I tend to believe that these hills included not only the physical mountains that had to be traveled over to get to the feast in Jerusalem, but they included all that was involved in making that trip without intentionally doing any injustice to the passage. Let me, let me clarify it and read it this way. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. And when I see all the hills, and I understand the effort that I'll have to put forth to travel through and over them, then I tend to question, where will my help come from? How am I going to make it over these hills? How am I going to get through these hills? Some of you have asked questions something like that in the last couple of months. How am I going to make it through this? This is a new stage in my life. This is a new experience for me. How am I going to make it? And here's the problem. If we're not careful, we will get so focused on the hills that we forget where our help comes from. It's almost as if the writer knew that the traversing of those hills was not going to be easy and he was going to need help. I hope you know today we all need help in our lives, don't we? Every one of us need help in our lives. We all have hills to climb. We all have dangers that we encounter on life's journey. And it almost seems as if the question is rhetorical because the psalmist already immediately knew the answer. He looked at the hills and he says, where is my help coming from? And then without much hesitation at all, he goes on and he says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Too many times I'm confessing for me. I'm not going to confess for you. You can do that on your own if you choose. But too many times I'm guilty of looking at the problem rather than the God who has the solution or is the solution. We wrestle to figure it all out, how we're going to make it our own way. And when we do this, we're ignoring the help of the helper that is designed to help us in these days of our lives. It's not just any helper. This is not that, you know, we all need help, and thank God we have a lot of helpers with a lot of different things. But this is not just any helper. He says, my helper or my help comes from the Lord. And you know what he made? He made the heavens and the earth, which means he also made the hills that I've been worried about. He's God of the circumstances. He's God of the hills that surround my life. He's the maker of heaven and earth. And you know, I'm so grateful. The Lord is my helper. Now, I don't know altogether how to decipher the relationship that the psalmist 
had with the Lord? I really don't know how. There are those who say you can't cross dispensational lines and work like it was totally different in their relationship with Christ than ours. This is what I know. I'm glad I have the one that I have. I'm glad I live in the time in which I live. Because Jesus, who came as a helper, told us in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 16, he said, I'm going to pray that the Father, or to the Father, and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. And then into the next verse, it says, Jesus said, that helper will dwell with you and He will be in you. Wow. What a powerful thought. My help comes from the Lord. Where is the Lord? Well, according to Jesus, that helper now, through the resident presence of the Holy Spirit, lives in the lives of God's people. That's an amazing thing. We're never without a help. We're never without a helper. And as we go through this psalm, I want you to continue to remember we're focusing on the Lord, not on the problems. First of all, the psalmist said, He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my stabilizer. He brings stability to my life. He grounds me. Now, there was a day in my life when I was a bit more inclined to be athletic than I am today. Today, I climb out of my recliner. But there was a day in my life when I could climb a hill or climb, maybe not like some people would climb an Everest, but I could climb a mountain. I could climb up a stony place and not worry about fall. Now, with bifocals, I don't even know where my feet are standing. Half the time I have to look down just to see where my feet are. I love this passage because the Lord, he says, the psalmist said, he will not let your foot be moved. Now, if you're climbing a hill or you're climbing a mountain, you're going to need a solid footing. And the Lord is good for our footing. He stabilizes our walk. And, and you've got to understand, this is not just a physical analogy of a hill climber. There is a spiritual analogy here as well. Because the helper is interested in our physical needs, but more importantly, he engages every day in our spiritual lives. He wants us to be grounded spiritually. He wants us to have our, our foot on solid ground in a spiritual way. So, in not only is he talking about our footing, he's talking about our faith. I love, there's a little letter near the end of the Bible preceding the book of the Revelation, which is getting a lot of attention in these days that we're living in. But don't completely read over the book of Jude. Jude doesn't even have chapters. Or else it has a whole lot of chapters and not a lot of verses. I'm not sure how that goes. But it's just a letter. And in verse 24, 
I love what Jude says. He says, now to him who is able to keep you from falling, from stumbling, from losing your footing, unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Our journey through life is marked with mountains and highlighted with hills. But remember, there is a helper to keep us from falling. There is a helper who will not allow our foot to slide. And he's always alert. He's always available. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't need a nap. He doesn't doze off. I'm accused of being a dozer. Not, not, not like a bulldozer, but like I tend to doze off. As a matter of fact, one night my wife and daughter had gone to bed and I was sitting in a chair in the living room. It was an armchair backed up against the wall and I was watching a television program and, and during the course of that program, I dozed, I slumbered. And my daughter came out to check on me because she heard my head hit the wall hit the wall behind the chair and she came out and she kept hearing that noise she thought what in the world is that noise she comes out in the living room and it was dad dozing off and every time I doze off my head would bang the wall and she would come out so I'm gonna tell you the Lord has never dozed off he's never slumbered he's never needed a nap he's never sleeping he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. That tells me that throughout my journey, this one who stabilizes me, he is my stability, and he will keep my feet. He's able to keep me from falling. Secondly, he is our security. He guards us. The psalmist identifies the Lord in the next section as our keeper. That word keeper means guardian. He stands guard over me. He keeps us safe. He is my keeper, my sense of security, my assurance. The security the Lord provides is not so much like insurance, it's assurance. It's the knowledge that he is with me, that he's always there. Peter said we're kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. He is my keeper. I'm so grateful that I'm kept by the power of God today. He is my security. He is my source of strength, my help. He's the one that holds me when I tend to shake in the middle of the storm. Now, I know there's a very real sense. He, he is my keeper. I'm a keeper. I understand there are responsibilities that I have in my spiritual journey to keep myself in some areas. Paul told the Corinthians that we're to keep our body under subjection. In discipline, I, I, I have to maintain a measure of discipline for my spiritual well-being. James said that we're instructed to keep ourselves, keep yourself unspotted or untainted from the world around us. That's something that I have to keep. I have to guard my heart. I have to keep that. Paul told Timothy, keep yourself pure. I'm, I'm responsible to maintain that at the same point. I cannot keep these things in a legalistic sense. 
or for some selfish motivation. I can keep myself in these things, but I must rely upon my keeper. The Lord, His power, His presence. How do I do that? How do I rely on the Lord's presence? I practice walking every day in obedience to and in the omnipotence of the helper who is not just with me, but who lives on the inside of me. As Christians, we shouldn't make excuses for our failures. As Christians, we should not take our lives for granted. Don't treat your failures as if they didn't mean anything. Oh no, my friend. If you fail, you should repent. You should ask God for forgiveness for that in your life and come back to Him. But listen, ultimately, I am kept tonight or this morning by the power of His omnipotence and He lives on the inside of me. I get tired of Christians making excuses for weakness when God, the Helper, the Lord, lives in us. He is our sustainer, thirdly. He guides us. He preserves us. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth, even forever. Three times in these two verses, he says he's the one that preserves you. He's the one that sustains you. He preserves my faith, not our faith as a passive profession, but he preserves my faith as an active possession, an active confession. I need the helper to preserve my faith, no matter what situation I may find myself in. He preserves me. Hmm. This is interesting. He said, the Lord is going to preserve your soul. A lot of people want him only to preserve physically our bodies and take care of us. We want him to be our doctor. But ultimately, God is interested in your soul. He's interested in you being strong in your faith. He preserves our faith in public. He preserves our faith in private. The psalmist said, He shall preserve your going out and your coming in. When we're going out, we go out in public. The preservation of our soul should be trusted to the Lord. He's my helper when I'm coming in, when I'm locked away in my own home or in my own private world and no one truly sees what or who we are. We need the helper. How does the Lord preserve us? When we're out, He enables us to maintain our identity by keeping us and preserving our testimony. You know, one of the most important things that we have as Christians is our witness. I need Him to preserve me when I go out in this world because I need to be a light. I need to be radiantly shining 
for Christ in this world, my identity in Christ. When I go out, He goes with me to help me, to preserve me. When I come in, because He lives in me, He comes in with me. And He sustains my integrity. Integrity is what I am and what you are when nobody else sees, when nobody else knows. And it's just as important to the Lord that we be everything inwardly that we want people to think we are outwardly. We want people to think well of us. We want them to think that we're godly people, that we're praying people, that we're people of integrity. God says, I want you not just to have people think that about you. I want you to be that. And only He can help me to do that. He preserves my faith. Not only does He preserve my faith, but He preserves our future. The psalmist says that this is not a one-time event. This is not a limited amount of help. He is not only preserving you, but He is presently preserving you, and He's going to preserve you from this time forth, even forevermore. You can trust Him. You can trust Him with your future. As we move toward worship, we move toward coming back together next week, you can trust the Lord. He's going to be with you. He's going to bring you out. He's going to bring you into this place of worship. But I pray that He brings you in prepared for it because He's been preserving your going out and your coming in. He's preserved your public faith and He's preserved your private, personal faith. The Lord is our helper. He's our stabilizer. He's our keeper. He's our preserver. So in closing this morning, let me ask you, Look around you. Do you have any hills? You see any obstacles that would stand in your way of being ready to come up, move up to worship next Sunday? If you have hills of discouragement, he'll keep you from falling. If you have hills of doubt, he never sleeps. Call on him. He never slumbers. Hills of depression, He is your keeper, your guardian. Hills of just demands of life, we all have those, don't we? He'll preserve your soul. I wish I could convince all of you of this reality. God is on our side. And our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We can trust Him. We can rely on Him. We can lean on Him. And so in closing this morning, I conclude with what I just, I think to be one of my quickly becoming favorite scriptures. Jude 24. Now unto Him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. 
Think about this. Think about these words. He is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise. Unto Him be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. I don't know about you, but I think that's help for our hills. Let's pray together. God, you know the obstacles. You know the hills that stand in the way of your people experiencing the joy that you have for them. You know the obstacles, Lord, that stand to try to defeat and discourage and to create doubt and even disbelief in the hearts of your children. Lord, lift our eyes a little higher. Help us to lift our eyes when we see those hills and not focus on the hills, but to remember above the hills the Creator, the Lord, is our helper. And he's watching out for us today. Let us walk in the strength of this word this week. Bring us together next Sunday with a spirit of celebration and a spirit of worship. As we look at the next song of ascent and we say collectively together, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It's going to happen. God willing. In just a week. And I'm already glad. That they're saying. We're going to go to the house of the Lord. Thank you Father for the hope that we find in your help today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you Living Water Fellowship. Can't wait to see you next week.